Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview and many of us listeners believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. Hi, everyone. I'm Susan Dyer, and uh, I was born clairvoyant and had a really epic near-death experience in 2017. And I had been really ill from chronic Lyme disease for about a year. I had a cane, I had a walker, and there were very long periods where I could not walk at all. And one night happened where I knew I was going to die. And I know that sounds weird, but I knew it. I just, I, I knew it, you know? My friends had been telling me that for months and I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. But that night I quietly knew that, that they were right. So I started climbing up the stairs and my my guides told me you have one more chance if you get out of your body tonight and i started freaking out because i have never uh, at that time astral traveled on command i was like i don't know how to do that i don't know how to do that and then they told me how to do that so I got out of my body and there was a speeding charcoal gray tunnel. And I did quickly think like, wait, uh, aren't you supposed to be like happy looking and white light and stuff, but whatever. I went in, I didn't know where it was going. I was terrified. I didn't know like if other beings were going to join me in this ride. All I knew was at the time I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like cosmic 
AAA. I'm going to find an off-duty angel who's going to give me a boost. And it'll somehow get me through. So I ended up in velvet, like wet velvet darkness. No light, no sound. I was terrified because as a clairvoyant, I was so afraid of the dark. It's similar to why movie theaters turn out the lights because it makes the image so much more illuminated. And with clairvoyance, it's the same thing. I see things all day, but at night, it is far more vivid. And I immediately said, God, please take me somewhere safe and good. And no time passed. I was immediately immersed in these blazing gold rays. And I could see the rays. I could see the actual rays. They were so brilliant. I can't really describe them because I, I don't think that intensity exists here. I don't think there's anything here we could like safely see like that matches that. And the first thing God asked was, do you want to stay here or do you want to go? And I said, I said, no, 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 no. I want to go, go home with my mind. This was all telepathic. None of this, what I'm about to say, was spoken. So I said, no, I want to go home. And with my mind, I just threw up an IMAX sized photo of my two boys. And I was worried. This sounds really weird, but I was worried God wouldn't believe me. And so I thought I should do something to prove to God that I really want to go home. I started pulling like hand over hand my silver cord. We all have that, that silver cord. I don't know what it's made of, but it disconnects completely when you die. And I was playing on that and thinking, I don't know how long this is gonna take. I don't even know where I am. This could be years to get home. And that was that, that didn't happen. God and I had a beautiful exchange. I'm gonna take a water break real quick. Before this, I thought of God as a, a vague but loving energy. And in this experience, I was shocked. There is nothing vague about God. He knew me better than my best friend. And the one thing that is most important is that I promised to him I would go home and live transparently. And I knew that meant coming out of the spiritual closet. 
because I had been in the spiritual closet since kindergarten. When you're little, you don't have that many people to bounce your ideas off of and get a sense of what's what. You kind of have your parents. I didn't have any siblings. I basically had my parents, my teachers, and my aggressive, aggressive church. And that was it. I started when I was little, going into my parents' room every night, crying in fear about what was in my room. And my dad would tell me every night, it's not real. It's your overactive imagination. Go back to bed. And there were times when I thought there is no way I can go back in there. I'm going to say some things that are difficult to hear maybe for some people that sound like they would be un untrue. All I can do is promise you that, that they are not, they, they are my experiences and they're weird. Uh, but there are times like when a huge green and yellow portal took over the headboard of my bed. And one night uh, there were two extraterrestrial beings watching me sleep and they were communicating and it seemed like they were observing me. And I waited until they were gone, then went running back into my parents' room. Between my, my dad shutting me down all the time and my church confusing me, I had one specific spirit that was with me all the time all the time, kind of like Linus with that cloud. And it was a deep crimson red, and it did not act like any of the other spirits. It was slow, it was not see-through, and it felt like it had eyeballs. So using what very limited resources I had to piece things together, I thought that was the devil. So by kindergarten, I knew I was weird and broken. And for some reason that I didn't understand, I was really at my core bad. Because why else would the devil be following me? And, and just so you know, that, that spirit was Archangel Michael. And he protects extrasensory kids. It's one of his most joyful duties that a lot of people don't know. And the reason he looked red, he was, the reason I saw him as red was because he was trying to help keep me anchored to the earth. I had actually broken my energetic line into the earth 
we have a horror line that runs through us. It goes into the earth, it goes through us, and it goes upwards into our higher selves, God, I'm not sure. So I tucked myself away in kindergarten and it was not until I was 40 years old exchanging with God that I promised I would live transparently, which was my greatest fear. I live in a place where these things are not accepted. I, I don't live in, you know, well, I used to live in San Francisco and that's such an inviting place. I live in a place where it, women are supposed to dress a certain way and talk about certain things and like certain things. And this would be exploding my entire like social existence. And I feared with good reason that I would lose my parents when I told them. That was my biggest concern. And I thought about not telling them. And then I thought that does not adhere to my promise that I made. I have to tell them and I have to risk losing my dad. And I really didn't want to. So I ended up taking a business class because I knew I was going to start mentoring other extrasensory or spiritual women through their journeys. But I knew I couldn't come to my dad just completely unprepared and just saying, this is what's going to happen. I'm about to get on YouTube and tell the world that I've been with extraterrestrials and I've, I've seen angels and other kinds of beings my whole life. That would be my dad's worst nightmare. So I had to do it very thoughtfully. And I, I did it as thoughtfully as I could. I took that business class for him so I could say this and say, I'm taking this really seriously. And I know this sounds drastic, but I, I made a promise to God. So after God and I had this exchange and I promised that to him, I was immediately with Jesus. And I had to tell you, I was not expecting that. By this point, I knew I loved God, but was not into any religion. I just wanted to love God and have my own personal spiritual life. Not only that, but he really looked like the Hallmark card version of Jesus, which 
I know is not true. You know he had darker skin, you know? But this Jesus was, I guess, like the popular Jesus, light brown hair, blue eyes. And he was wearing a robe with a tie around it. And he put his palms out to me. And he said, do you want to get better? And I grabbed his hand and I said this like the whole time we were together. I was mentally screaming, I'm going to get better as fast as I can over and over. And we flied through something that was every shade of green. And if you don't know, green is the usual color of our heart chakra. And green is the usual color of Archangel Raphael, who is the significant healer of all the archangels. So I still don't know what that was. I still don't know what that was. And at the end of it, Jesus said, is there anywhere else you'd like to go? And I said, yes, I want to go to this specific spaceship. I had a guy who I knew was not embodied. But somehow I knew that if I could go onto the ship, he could manifest a vessel and I could actually be with him. I call him Perry, who knows what his name is. By the way, for those of you guys who are so interested in all of this, I want you to know names don't matter at all. What actually matters is just the quality of your relationship. That's it. I was talking for years with the Ascended Master White Eagle and I had just started channeling back then and I uh, was not great at it. This was years ago. And he told me his name was Fred. And when I found out he was an Ascended Master, I freaked out. But he never corrected me. He did not care. And all of the names of my guides, I've had a Mantis guide since I can ever remember. And I named him Table because I was always on a table with him. So just take that into mind. So Jesus, in a flash, took me to the outside hole of a very large spaceship. And on the door was essentially a coat of arms. In the same way that a medieval shield 
or to a lesser degree, a boat explains their origins and the beings on board and their purpose. It was all there. And Jesus made sure that that I read all of it. And it was not in English. It was in symbols. But somehow, you know, I knew. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, yes, this is the one. This is the one. And then I was inside the ship. And I know now that beings and places, for those of you who astral travel, all of that is shaped around what you are comfortable with. So that you do not get scared, you know? And I arrived into what looked like a 1950s NASA, because I'm obsessed, obviously, everything sci-fi, a NASA gift shop. And I saw Perry, and he was talking to another customer, which I was really annoyed about. I was like, get get out of here, man. And in the same way that, for those of you who have read Contact or seen the movie Contact, in the movie, Jodie Foster does end up at her destination. And an extraterrestrial being comes to greet her. And that being comes in the form of her dad. And she she knows it's not her dad. But that is very, very realistic. So Perry, from the neck down, looked exactly like my dad. The exact, exact clothing. But from the head up, he just looked like another dad who was really kind. And that customer finally got out of there and I finally got to hug my longtime guide who was never in form. And it was, it was such a meaningful moment. And after that, I woke up in my bed. And I want to mention something really quickly that is so important, so important. I did not channel this until about two years after my experience. But basically, I was talking to Jesus and he told me, Susan, you realize I didn't heal you because when I woke up from my experience, I could walk. I, and I knew it. I, I sat up in bed and my cane was laying against my nightstand 
And I looked at the cane and I knew I could walk. I knew it. Like it, it was not even a question. I, I, I wasn't even hesitant, like put my feet down on the ground. I was just so excited. I mean, it was what somebody else would call a miracle. And my blood, for example, they were about to start chelating my blood because it was absolutely full of iron. Uh, I, it's called hemochromatosis. And that doctor did my labs pretty soon after this experience and all of the iron was gone and he could not understand he did not understand he'd never seen that before and i'm a nerd kind of and i was like well if you really want to know i can tell you but you're gonna think it's really weird and i just told him i was like i had a near-death experience but being healed like that, Jesus, what, what, you know, I had been making videos, for example, where I would say all the time that Jesus healed me. But that was not true. He was just there like a teddy bear for my comfort and my encouragement. I healed myself and he explained you just needed to get out of the 3d fray because when you do you automatically remember more of yourself and ourselves susan is like a thimble of my actual being 99 percent of my being is anchored in spirit i am just this little flesh top and that's how it happened and i was shocked because I couldn't believe I was able to do such a thing. It never occurred to me. And he said, once we got you out of there, you took care of the rest. So living out that promise to God of living transparently meant coming out of the spiritual closet, which besides the dark was my worst fear. None of my friends, nobody knew this. I was going to the grave with this. I was so weird. By this time, I thought I was actually intrinsically unlovable. And now I was going to go on YouTube and talk about spaceships. I mean, 
and clairvoyant sightings that are, you know, were very, very interesting. I did not want to do that at all. I was so scared. And I did lose a bunch of friends from doing that. And I still lose potential friends from telling them what what it is I do. But I came out of the spiritual closet and what has happened is my entire life changed. I went from thinking, oh, if if I get better, you know, I'm just going to be an author. And everything changed. Everything, I had a new North Star. And that was to help other women who were awakening or, you know, finding themselves really interested in this because if if that's you, that likely means that you have some kind of gift in some kind of way. And I do know that the women I mentor, I do know we have very strong bonds. And I know that that I am genuinely helping them. And I rely on that when more superficial things happen. Like telling a boyfriend about this or, I mean, a date. Like, I don't know, social events going to social events. I I still struggle with knowing what to say. And I've kind of accepted it. But I definitely don't fit in. I live in Washington, DC, but I'm doing it. I am living out my promise to God.